Coming up tonight in the Ringside Report. The WWE producer who produced uh, main events at WrestleMania quits. Cody Rhodes reveals he and Tony Khan drifted apart. Jerry the King Lawler returning to Raw commentary. Undertaker didn't return AJ Styles' call after the Boneyard match. We have WWE's Nash Carter accused of domestic violence by Impact's Kimberly. Jeff Jarrett comments on Ring of Honor purchase. John Moxley currently dealing with hamstring injury. Rick Boogs gives... WrestleMania injury updates. And Arn Anderson talks AEW life without Cody Rhodes. Anthony, when's all that coming up? It's all coming up right fucking now. Yes, it is. So let's kick things off uh, by talking about Pat Buck, Anthony, um, WWE producer uh, who was responsible for the production of. Yeah, the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar match, as well as uh, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. So two very high-profile mm. matches. Um, shocked the wrestling world, if you will, uh, and certainly his colleagues, when he announced um, he's quitting the company, uh, literally right after WrestleMania. Um, he later went on to kind of clarify this on Twitter, saying, as a producer slash agent... I feel I've accomplished everything I wanted to do within WWE in the last three years. My endless gratitude beams from working with so many wonderful talents, especially the ultra-talented women's division. Uh, To my producer brothers and sister, you are the greatest collection of misfits I've ever been with. I've already missed my second family. Thank you, John Laurinaitis, for bringing me into this wonderful group. And thank you, Freebird, for being our foul-mouthed general. And also to my fellow New Yorker, Paul Heyman, thanks for providing a mitzvah and helping this Gentile out. Um, he also went on to thank the production truck and um, a couple of other uh, departments as well within WWE, but also said that he looks forward to using his time to return and expand his training, schools, promotions, working all over, sleeping in his own bed more than twice a week, and to his wife and uh, his little baby, uh, I don't know how you put up with this gypsy, I love you both, Dad, I will be home soon. So... Yeah, um, clearly, you know, words from a guy who just feels like he's, you know, how can you top producing the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, as it was, um, you know, booked as, and has decided to kind of just step away. Uh, But yeah, I think um, could be a big loss for them. Obviously, he's given so much trust to produce the biggest matches. Um, Who will take over? How will this affect the match quality and, and, and output going forward? I mean, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Because, um, like you say, you can't deny the matches he has been in control of have been the better matches on the card. So it's a clear sign or testament to his ability. I mean, would you? can you think of anyone who could step up into the mantle, Carl? I know um, Shane McMahon's had his turn at like, this sort of thing, and uh, it's been rather questionable. But um, like, do you think we could see someone sort of take the, the, the reins, as it were? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think there's a few different people who, um, like the likes of Jamie Noble, um, Tyson Kidd, 
uh, people that have been getting kind of really good reviews for the work that they've been doing in, in a kind of pr- uh, producer role. So, you know, I think even like um, Gregory Helms has been doing quite uh, quite a lot of uh, production as well for the company in terms of putting matches together and stuff like that. So, obviously, they've got a lot of producers there now. So, I guess it's just going to be a case of kind of shifting them around a little bit and giving some of them a little bit more higher profile matches to, to work with. So, it's going to be interesting to see um, kind of how it all unfolds, really. Obviously, when Pat Patterson uh, passed away, obviously, it was a massive loss to the company. He was responsible for the uh, production of so many great matches. Um, so, now obviously, Pat Buck is stepping away. Maybe they need to find another Pat. Um, maybe. Maybe that's the clear sign of it. Maybe. That's your middle name, right? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> Get me a job in the production <laughs> team. I'm all, I'm all over. Um, but yeah, so fair play to him. Um, obviously, hope he gets uh, you know, much needed and well-deserved kind of time with his family um, after what sounds like a very grueling schedule for WWE over the past three years. Oh, it must have been. It must have been, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, hats off to him. Like, um, he's done some incredible work and like you're saying, totally deserves the, uh, the time off. Indeed. Can't wait to see him in AEW. <laughs> I kid, I kid. They don't all have to go there, just most. <laughs> anyway, I kid again. Um, next one, Callum. I'm almost a bit, little bit loath to talk about this one and I kind of alluded to this fact before. Um, but let's talk about it, right? It's the fact that Cody Rhodes... Uh, in a recent interview with, with BT Sports, because BT Sport can get interviews with AEW people, just saying. Um, Aaron. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Cody, in this interview, we mentioned that um, he and Tony Khan were drifting apart. And it's this kind of thing that I, I'm kind of like, you know what, he left respectfully, he's joined WWE, I mentioned this before, with a reason, it doesn't really need to be talked about, we don't need to keep harping on it, why did he leave, why did he leave? And this was not a successful dig anyway, um, and it's no disrespect to BT Sport, they're naturally going to ask a question that everyone's asking. Cody kind of alluded to a personal matter, but didn't really go into the nature of it, and said he wouldn't go into the nature of it for that matter. But uh, he referred to the fact that they were they were drifting apart, and um, you know talked about everything that they built together and how much respect he has for Tony. But um, it's this sort of thing that I'm like, you know, and this is where I'm going to speculate, and this is why I kind of didn't really want to talk about it too much because it's just my little soapbox to speculate <laughs> on. There's no fact in this really, but. It's it's this sort of thing of like he basically wasn't getting what he wanted from what I can see and was kinda of like, Well, we're drifting apart, this isn't good and it's like I feel like it's it very much like Tony did need to take I'm not saying Tony's like the best ever, he should have took control, but it's his company and he needs to start taking control of stuff and you know, ro Rody. Rody. Uh, Cody really needed that sort of control in place anyway like I, again I, I I won't go into it all again but I feel like the, the control over the booking is something that he does need I think that's why he needs WWE in a lot of senses but um, yeah I mean the interview it's one to listen to Carl it was an interesting one he was very respectful about how he dealt with it um, you know there was he, he's not suggesting there's any sort of bad feeling between the two of them but uh, they're not as close as they used to be Ooh. Companies apart now, but um, you know he's again <laughs> gone back into that whole thing about uh, you know the the part of who he is and the, you know it's ten years he spent in WWE and um, obviously the, the last six in Ring of Honor, New Japan, AEW, etc. But it, it falls back to that whole thing of 
he just had to go back and he had his reasons to go back and it just makes a ton of sense. Yeah, definitely does. Um, it's interesting now with, with hindsight to, to wonder what Cody's vision ultimately was with AEW. Obviously, he had the whole kind of breaking of the throne and, you know, very much wanting to be a direct competitor with WWE, which I don't think Tony Khan and the other, um, you know, well, they're not even EVPs anymore, are they? But the other ones who were EVPs, um, you know, I don't think that was a vision that they shared. And I think as time's gone on, Tony Khan's taken more and more control. He literally books the show, is responsible for every single aspect of it now, um, to the point where the rest of them aren't even EVPs anymore. It's just Tony Khan's thing. So, yeah, um, whether it's a difference in terms of vision or maybe Cody just, you know, ultimately... Yeah, he just, you know, I said to you before, he was never going to win the WWE title when he was in AEW, was he? And it's something he wants yeah. to do. He's got to retire soon, so. And again, purely speculative, but you've got to wonder, like, maybe it was a lot harder to relinquish. Because let's face it, Cody, very much, and he even refers to it in this, like, he started this whole movement in Ring of Honor, and he started this whole movement, like, with All In, and, you know, Tony bankrolled that, that's fine, you know, and he's not sort of taken away from Tony, but, like, essentially it's this thing that, that Cody feels he made and is now sort of getting it taken off him to the point that I'm actually curious how he felt about Tony buying the, all the Ring of Honor footage. Because mm. he's got the whole back catalogue of Ring of Honor and a lot of stuff that Cody did with them. So it's, like, literally got full control of that that all that WWE time, or that non-WWE time for him, bar New Japan, obviously. Mm. But um, no, it's, it's cute. I, I you just wonder, don't you? Like, I, I'm sure if I was in Cody's situation, I'd be a bit like, like, took it all away, took it all away. You know. <laughs> I need my freedom. <laughs> um. Sorry, I couldn't, couldn't resist going into the song. But um, yeah, I don't know. It must be a strange feeling. Like, I'm not, I'm not entirely against Cody when I'm saying like he needs that control that WWE are gonna sort of give him. Like, I totally get why it's hard to, like, it's his baby in a way, you know, when he made it. And I can understand why he'd feel that way and why it'd be really hard to sort of to not agree with the guy who basically owns it. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll never know the truth of it, but uh, I do like how he's handling it. You know, the people are asking the question relentlessly, aren't they? So he can't just be like, not a dog about it. But he's being respectful in the way he does. So, fair enough. Professional, through and through. Indeed. Um... So the next one's to talk about, Anthony. Um, Jerry the King Lawler is going to be making his way back to our television screens pretty much imminently. Um, he has revealed the, the, on Raw Talk um, that he's going to be returning to Monday Night Raw uh, for the next few weeks as <laughs> Corey Graves uh, goes on his honeymoon. Um, At least we don't have to watch Corey Graves make out with his wife. Well, that's true. Um, you know. Other random women that Jerry the King Lawler will choose to make out with on the show is uh, still to be questioned. But um, a kid, of course. He's just going to try and trick Carmella. <laughs> yeah. Why she's not on the honeymoon, I don't know. <laughs> I would love that. That'd be so funny. Um, but yeah, obviously... That's uh, why he signed up. He said, do you want to fill in for Corey Graves? And he, he took, got the wrong end of the stick. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think it was going to be commentary. Like, that, would, that would make sense. Um but no, so basically, uh, Carmella and Corey are set to get married tomorrow, I believe, on Thursday. Um, and so, yeah, I imagine pretty much from next week's Raw for two or three weeks, uh, if not a little bit more, Jerry the King Lawler is going to be kind of covering for 
Corey Graves um, in his position. So it'd be nice to see the King back on commentary. Obviously, one of the staples of the Attitude Era, along with good old JR. So it'd be an interesting time to have Joe the King and JR both back on commentary for separate companies. Um, but yeah, always been a big fan of King and. You know, I don't think his uh, his style is naturally is necessarily kind of moved well into the modern world of which we live. Uh, <laughs> nah, like you know what we need? We need a confused old man on commentary. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we need. Exactly, talking about um, young, um, you know, animals. <laughs> I mean, I should have said puppies. That would have sounded just I, like like that sounded animals. Really I think actually made it sound that a little bit worse. Yeah, a little bit. But um, now I think, um, and I'm not going to try and sort of, you know, throw a bit of gas on this fire. But a lot of people were pointing out on the um, what, the pre-show for WrestleMania. Um, Kayla was very much outnumbered mm. by old dudes. Like, and it's like, yeah, yeah kind of got a point there. Yeah, I mean to be fair, it was it was somewhat refreshing having Beth Phoenix on commentary for NXT for that stint that she did. So surprising that they yeah, haven't actually gone really. down that route yet. I know the. I mean to be fair, they had Renee um, Paquette uh, on commentary once or twice, didn't they? And I think she did a really good job. It's but... not a WWE name. <clears throat> it is. It is now. Damn it. Uh, but yeah. So, hmm. Yeah, let's have again, Jerry the King. But just make you think. Could could we have gotten someone else? Could they have had a Kayla? Or somebody step up on, onto commentary. It would have been an interesting shout, but nah, women can't do commentary, Carl. <laughs> silly. I, I joke, of course. True. I have to point that out because people don't take it as a joke. They like, want <laughs> to slap you or something. Anyway. And... So, Carl, the next one. With the trolling headline that I gave, because fuck it, why not? That's actually <clears> point. Um, AJ Styles has been recently talking about the Undertaker and the Boneyard match. And why has he been talking about that? Well, the Undertaker's recently been inducted into the Hall of Fame, Carl, and made a little, and I assume just a little tease, I assume there was no true intent behind it, but, you know, the, the whole never say never element of it, and, oh, could he come back? Could he have another match? Nah, probably not. Um, AJ Styles has talked about the Boneyard match, about the reaction it got, and he's actually referred to the fact that he was saying to, to the Undertaker, you know, or trying to convince the Undertaker to come out of the time. And it ultimately... He decided it was the right time to hang up his boots. But quite, uh, and the comment was made quite playfully, but he, he actually said um, that I think we all knew once the Boneyard match got the reaction that it did, uh, that that might be it. He said, I called and he didn't return my calls because he knew, hey, he's going to convince me to have another match. So what I find interesting about this, and I'll thank uh, Ringside a new, no, Ringside News, why did I put an R on there? I don't fucking know. I'll thank Ringside News for the quotes there. Um what I found really interesting about the comments was not so much that he's like, yeah, yeah, he's done. You know, he, he wouldn't even answer me calls. It's the fact that it would take a phone call to convince him is kind of the suggestion I've got there. So, like, could we see another Undertaker match? It sounds like he might be very easily swayed by the right person. Mm-hmm. It's mad that AJ Styles believes that he would be that person. Like, I get it if Vince called him up and he'd be like, oh, Vince is calling me. He's going to want me to have a match. I can't answer the phone. Well, really? He AJ can't, Styles? He can't ignore Vince's phone. You know that. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, like the fat phone in that house. Yeah. But no, it's interesting like, for AJ to think, like, you know, like, what, you know, would we have got Undertaker versus AJ too? You know, bone, bone yardier? I don't really know. Um, <laughs> Even bonier than the last. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
so who knows? But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he will come back. And it's probably a silly thing. It's bite me in the ass. But I know he did the whole never say never thing. But it probably is the right thing for him to do now, just to like. I think it's quite point. Never say never, and then like an eighty odd year old Vince McMahon got a Stone Cold stunner <laughs> on WrestleMania, if you can call it that. Um, I mean, okay, well, let's give it what it is. It was two old men having a scrap, and they did all right, to be fair. But um, all laughter than a nostalgic pop, and it's like I get why you say never say never because you probably wouldn't have if you'd have asked Vince last year whether he was going to be on WrestleMania in any capacity. He probably would have said no. Mm. So, so, and you know what? He's still quite jacked for an old man, isn't he? To be honest, he is. To be fair, yeah. Fair play to the guy. Fair play. So, yeah. Undertaker doesn't like AJ Styles, is what I took from that. Oh, honey, AJ's calling me again. He now ignores all his calls. Yeah. And then he just... AJ's so toned up. He's like, it's probably because he doesn't want to have another match. (laughs) He knows I'll convince him. He doesn't hate me. (laughs) Undertaker's just slips you there. Fucking hate that guy. Um, Hate that guy. So, yeah. um, That's from. That's from, isn't it? No idea. It's a Mel Brooks Um, film. Anyone can help me out, that'd be great. Indeed. Um, so this next one is, um, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a somber one, really. Um, <laughs> so obviously Kimberly, um, who is currently with Impact Wrestling, um, alleged this week that her husband, who is WWE NXT's Nash Carter, who you may know as one half of the new NXT Tag Champions MSK, um, had physically abused her um, a year ago. She was quoted as saying, I'd love to be excited for Nash Carter right now, but I've hid his abuse for too long. No one should be abandoned and silenced in hopes of keeping a career. She's since deleted that tweet um, and replaced it with one saying that she was proud after he won the tag titles um, and then going on saying that they're working through things and are going to seek some therapy. However, a couple of days later, she has now tweeted two photos um, that show her with uh, some facial injuries um, and basically alluded to the fact that Carter had uh, basically split her lip open. So she tweeted, hey, WWE NXT, this is my face after your tag champ got wasted and hit me so hard he split my lip open. He told me I'm a wrestler, so I'm always marked up. I've hit this for a year and even forgave him, but I can't hide it anymore. Um, she's since gone on to post other things as well, one of which being a picture of him with a Hitler-style moustache doing a Nazi salute. So very much a um, bit of a crazy time. Now, the plot thickened on this a little bit further when um, his tag team partner, Wesley's wife, um, actually weighed him, uh, commenting, uh, just so everyone's aware, Nash Carter has been living with Wes and I for months, ever since she was in the hospital which she checked herself into. He's actually been the one trying to avoid hair and hair mental abuse. They haven't been together. He went to one therapy session. So it all sounds very, very yeah, that's messy. pretty wild. Um, yeah. So who knows? Obviously, there's there's two sides to every story. Um, always. There is. Sadly, you hope that, like, well, I say uh, you can't hope anything. I was going to say you hope that she's not lying, but then that would make him a horrible bastard. So... You kind of don't want it. It's like I, I hate it, like trying to weaponize that sort of thing. Like people, women genuinely go through that sort of stuff and need to be taken seriously. So if she's a liar, it's a horrendous thing to do. Mm-hmm. In that sense, you know what I mean? Because it's it's trying to weaponize something that people actually go through. 
and it then discredits people. It makes people then speculate, and you shouldn't have to speculate. Obviously, you always have to find the truth of the matter, but you know, you, you I don't know. It, I've part of me is like I really don't want it to be a liar, but the, the obviously the um, the counter point to that would then be that uh, Nash Carter's a you know horrible bastard. So I don't know. It's so it's it's, it's, it's such a difficult one because part of me naturally thinks like oh don't post it all the shit on social media, sort it out in private. Then on the other side of that, like if, I don't know, you're trying to kind of shed light on the type yeah. of domestic abuse that happens, then you kind of like, well, there's, that's a public for So I don't really know I, what the right thing is. But... Honestly, on some level, I get why he's a public figure, she's a public figure, and she's felt the need to post publicly. <laughs> I could understand those posts. It's when you're saying she's putting up stuff like him with a Hitler moustache and stuff like that. It's like, that's just... Like that doesn't need to be done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she, she's explaining the situation, and that's like the like where she could have left it. But like then you're just sort of going at it for like I don't know. Like <laughs> it, it's really weird because I'm not saying like even if he is a like horrible bastard, then you should you know shouldn't be putting him up looking like Hitler. It's like it just <laughs> seems like a, a unusual thing to do when you're going through trauma with someone like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I take your point on on the other posts. It's like, well, you know, you're trying to highlight what people go through, and and you know, trying to almost involve people to speak up. But yeah, it's it's, a, it's pretty fucked up. It's hard to even talk about, isn't it? Because it's like we don't know what the truth of the matter is, no. and we can't make assumptions because that's a dangerous thing to do. But neither scenario is great, is it? No, it's um, it, it is a tough one because you know where where's the line when it comes to privacy versus you know kind of proof or kind of awareness you know what I mean um, yeah, yeah I don't really know but it sounds like for the pair of them they've both got a lot of stuff um, and a lot of things kind of um, going on uh, so I hope they sort it out I don't know whether they're still married I mean I think in one of the tweets she said she's proud of her husband so <clears throat> I believe they still are so I just hope that they get some oh. kind of resolution that they're both obviously happy with yeah, well, you just gotta hope they both get the the help that they need. Yeah, like whatever that help is in whatever form that is, you know. Yeah, they're obviously exactly. both going through it. So. Yeah, so very messy one, not, not nice. Um, but yeah, hopefully they, yeah, as you said, hopefully they both get the the, the support they need. Mm. Indeed. Right, so let's uh, let's move it on to other topics. Now. I'm not gonna try and make a jokey segue because. It's hard to leave that topic in a jokey manner. However, I'm not going to take this topic too seriously. Uh, so, Carl, quite recently, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, bought all their previous content, owns the name, all that lovely good stuff. And I know what you were thinking at the time. That you were thinking the exact same thing I was thinking, and I'm sure the entire wrestler world were thinking, what does Jeff Jarrett think about all this? <laughs> well, fear not. Carl, fear not, because he has recently spoke up with lots of information from Wrestling Inc. We now know how he feels about the situation. It's not good, Carl. It's not good. <laughs> now, to be fair, he's, well, I say to be fair, he's, he's referred to it as like an AW light, which isn't great. Um, considering this man was heavily involved in Impact, you know, when it wasn't as good. Don't forget GCW. Just saying. Oh, let's not forget GCW. <laughs> anyway, so... Oh no, sorry. Yeah, he's gone on what, to say he doesn't. What was it? It wasn't GCW. Don't get me wrong. Um, I mean, he was there for that, but he started his own one, didn't he? Global Force. 
I'm, I'm thinking of WJ wrestling. Global Force wrestling. Yeah, Global Force. So, um, like, I, I'll get your honest opinion in a sec. I'm just, like, sort of poking fun a little bit at the minute. But, obviously, he has been clear. He doesn't know enough about uh, Tony Khan's vision for everything, um, which is fair, because he don't, does he even know Tony Khan? I don't know. Um, and it's, it's one of them where he's basically... I'll paraphrase if you want to read the full article, it's on uh, WrestleLink. Uh, but he's sort of almost fearful, I suppose, that it's going to become an, an AEW light, is um, sort of how, he, how he's phrased it. Um, and he said uh, he's not sure that's the recipe for success. Um, and it's one of them where I'm looking at, like, I don't know how to feel about Jeff's opinion, and this sounds a bit horrible, Carl, but you might be able to shed some light on this um, because I don't know Jeff Jarrett well enough, but the projects I've known him involved in haven't ever really panned out very well. So he obviously knows what he's doing in the business enough to start a promotion and to run a promotion, that sort of thing. But um, what do you make of his concept on what makes a good promotion? Do you think he's qualified to, probably more so than us, but like while we're bitching about him, do you think he's qualified enough to tell sort of Tony Khan to even put the concept of Tony Khan's vision of Ring of Honor down before it's even happened? No. I don't. No. I, I, I don't believe he is at all. Um, he's such an interesting one, Jeff. I mean, it, I'm trying not to shit all over the guy, but I don't particularly respect his, his opinions on a lot of things, um, would be the best way to put it. And I think, I don't know, he's, he's, another, he's another Eric Bischoff in that sense. He's a guy who at one time I thought... Yeah, okay, this guy's, you know, he's got an idea about wrestling and, and that kind of thing. But the more and more time goes on, the more and more you realise that they probably really didn't. And, you know, similar, I'm glad that we didn't put Eric in, in the news this week because he's just like, I absolutely love the fact that Cody Rhodes is back in WWE where he belongs and the production and this and basically, you know, sucking off WWE um, because AEW don't want him. Um, and I kind of fear that that's a very similar story with Jeff, to be fair, where it's easy to put down the new little guy when you weren't successful doing it yourself. Um, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, what, what would Jeff Jarrett's vision for ring of honor be? I would, you know, as he, as he said in the article, cause I'd love to know because I can't imagine that having any success either, to be fair. Honestly, a lot of the way he talks, like it, it doesn't really give you the exact like roadmap of how he'd do it. Um, he's basically refers to the fact that he watches all different shows. He's seen these sort of things before. Um, and you know he's he'd referred to AAA a couple of times, but he's like, I watch AEW, I watch Impact, I watch AAA, and um, you know, it, basically that. I think he's almost, and I can I could understand it maybe better than where going from Jeff, but I think he's almost just fearful that Ring of Honor is not going to be what it was under Tony. But you've got to imagine Tony hasn't bought it to change it. He's bought it to maybe give it a bigger spotlight. I certainly hope that's the case anyway. But um, in most of his comments, he hasn't really said how he would do it. It's more just that, look look at all the stuff I watch and the stuff I know. You know. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair to Tony Khan, he's been a lifelong Ring of Honor fan and he's bought it, not necessarily because he thinks it's going to be a massive money-making project, but more um, to make sure that, you know, 
it goes into some decent hands, I guess. So I, I imagine he will respect the traditions of Ring of, of uh, Ring of Honor because he loves Ring of Honor. So in terms of you know whether it's going to be a better or more amazing Ring of Honor, I don't really know because we don't really watch it. And we might have seen some old old matches from back in the day. Think, yeah, we, 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 you and I would never be qualified to say, even if we start watching Ring of Honor because it's now on a network spot and obviously we're more invested because of the AEW connection. Yeah. We're never going to know what Ring of Honor was truly like. We weren't the... You know, we weren't following it on the indies well enough to, to know that. I've seen a few matches from it, you know. Exactly. But um, yeah, we'll never really know whether he's ruined the vision. And I'm sure there's some like snobs who've done that. Like, he's changed the colour of the R slightly, so we don't like him. That, <laughs> but, you know, there's always going to be people who don't like what he's done to it, even if it's the most minor fucking thing. Yeah. I but, mean, um, all I will say about Jeff Jarrett, for someone who is trying to portray themselves as um, having such a fine taste in you know, wrestling and, and what the right thing and best thing is to do. Like, this is the same guy who rocked up in GCW for to referee a match with, like, Effie and something, you know. Well, yeah, I think he had a match with Effie and then he showed up to referee something because... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's like, well, okay, was that your vision for amazing uh, wrestling? That's not me shitting on GCW either, by the way, but, you know, pick, pick your battles, I guess. Um, easy to take mm. shots at, you know, Tony and... Uh, AW and Ring of Honor but you know maybe look at some of the decisions that he's making himself and maybe take a good fucking look at yourself Jeff yeah <laughs> no I'd say uh, not shitting on Jeff's opinion but um, I don't know I, I feel like it's a, it's a massive lot of speculation to have before anything's actually changed like he's just thrown a fear out there that it's like kind of unnecessary at this point yeah I don't be wrong, we do a lot of speculating as well, but um, we haven't got the same platform, so. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> That's our motto. Um, so, on to uh, the next one then. So, John Moxley um, is potentially injured, according to Uncle Dave Meltzer. Uh, he revealed on uh, his show that Moxley is currently nursing a hamstring injury saying that it's something the former champion suffered during training, and it's unclear whether or not it's gotten worse uh, when he's been working in the ring. However, expectation is that he's going to be continuing to wrestle regularly with the issue. Um, so that must be a good sign in terms of its severity if he's able to continue pushing through. Now, Moxley literally had about four matches this weekend. Um, <laughs> so he obviously he worked Dynamite against Jay Lethal, um, he was involved in Bloodsport, he was involved in GCW, I think he had something else going on as well, so um, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's slowing him down if he has got the injury, um, but yeah, I don't know, usually doing something to your hamstring, from what I know about football, uh, doing something to your hamstring is pretty bad and usually prevents you from doing many things, so if it is a hamstring injury, <laughs> and I like cheese strings, that's a fantastic combination, but um so yeah, I don't know. Um, is this just another melterism? You know, has he really got a massive kind of injury or anything? No, but... I think I think Moxley's proven that he's just as good as Omega, so he's going to wrestle like with injuries just to prove that he can. You know, <laughs> well maybe. Um, but I mean, I, no, I suppose it... you go. Well, what what severity is the injury? Like, is it something he's nursing and and being careful with, or is it like he's obviously not totally debilitating him because we're seeing him wrestle an awful lot? So like you say. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, he's just had something. Obviously, the the Blackpool Combat Club uh, angle kicking off, so he obviously needs to be heavily featured to keep that going. He's booked for um, to face Will Osprey in New Japan, I think. 
um, in like a week or two's time. So, you know, he has got a lot going on. Uh, so I don't think he's going to be stepping away anytime soon. But if he's able to kind of go at that speed and, you know, that amount of matches, then you would like to assume the injury is only minor. Um, and hopefully, obviously, it is because that would suck for him to be out injured. With yeah, well, hopefully if he is injured, then like you say, it's, it's only minor and uh, it's not going to cause him any problems. Indeed. But speaking of injuries, Carl, mm. we all watched night one of WrestleMania. And we all saw Rick Boogs lift two people up and drop two people down. Now, unfortunately, we saw the injury. We saw it happen. There was no two ways about it. He had hurt his leg in some capacity. Um, the match was cut short and of course I'm talking about Rick Boogs because I failed to actually fucking say that um, and you know after the match Michael Cole declared at the time that it was a torn quadricep and torn patella tendon that Rick Boogs has suffered and that he would need to undergo surgery now in an update and I'm going to read this one out because it just amused me the way he's put it um, Rick Boogs put an update on his Instagram um, I want to say it was the following day and he said from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, having my beautiful wife with me to experience my first WrestleMania, getting the incredible opportunity to open the show, being able to demonstrate brute strength in front of millions of viewers. Unfortunately, the doctor told me my quad was too strong for the tendon and it was flexing so hard it ripped the tendon totally off the bone. I'm still incredibly grateful for the experience and for all the love and support. History proves I will come back bigger, better and stronger. It's a mindset. So, love the positivity out of him straight out the gate. I love the way he, um, he commented on it. It's just muscle was just too strong for the tendon. That's, uh, you know, naturally, you know, it's, it's just an animal, this guy. Um, so, he's basically within that, whilst being positive and somewhat playful with his update, he has confirmed that the uh, he has torn the tendon, which is uh, not great. But uh, it's believed now from the back of that and from the confirmation of these injuries that he's, he's likely going to be out of action for 6 to 12 months, typically, for this sort of injury. So we haven't got an exact... Obviously, it'll depend on his recovery and such after that. He can't rush himself. But, um, you know, we've seen people like... I don't want to say... John Cena didn't suffer the exact same injury, but we've seen wrestlers in the past return surprisingly quick, so you just never know with these things. But uh, he's just got to get the, uh, the, the, the right amount of time in that he needs, you know? So uh, we might not see Rick Boogs for a while. I don't know what Shinsuke's going to do. He'll yeah. have to play his own guitars now. <laughs> no, it's a massive shame. And obviously when, when we saw it live, we immediately just kind of was like, oh, that looks nasty. And It was yeah. gross. You, yeah, you could see it pop when you was yeah. well, you know, I mean, it's a hell of a, hell of a long time to be away, but you know, exactly the right kind of mindset that he's showing. And you know, he's got determination there to come back and to be better than, than ever really so wish him a, the speediest but the safest of recoveries and yeah I'm, I'm hoping that he comes back and like you know can be assume, thrust into something else for himself as opposed to the kind of side man for Shinsuke so I assume the spot was planned when Jimmy or Jay jumped on as well like that, that was the idea they were both going to be piled up there I'd imagine so, yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it'd be like, God damn it, Jimmy, why did you jump on too? <laughs> I'm a Jimmy! <laughs> um, I mean, fair play to the Usos, they, they probably didn't think nothing of it because Roman's been carrying them for the last, like, what, two years? <laughs> I'm here all week. Love it. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, terrible news, but yeah, hopefully he comes back and, yeah, who knows what's next for Shinsuke, but hopefully when Rick Boogs comes back, it's... Um, it's for him, and he gets his own kind of. Uh, Honestly, it'd be a good time to. Not, not that I'm like 
totally against him. It'd be a good time to split them and let him have a solo run when he does come back off injury, to be fair. Definitely. So, who knows? And have you got to pick... Sorry, have you got to pick Rick Boogs or Madcap Moss? I know who I'd pick. Indeed. For a solo run, that is. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, which leads on to the last piece of news this week, Anthony. And Arn Anderson reflects on life in AW without Cody Rhodes. Um, and it's I a love bit that of a... as a title. I know I think I wrote it, but I love it as a title. It's like uh, just picturing you know, that guy who's just lifted up a pile of sand and he's just watching it drain out of his hands. <laughs> like that kind of moment, you know? Yeah. What? What to, what to do? What to do without Cody? Um, yeah, Arn has uh, been quoted to say, now that there is no longer Cody, I'm no longer a coach, technically. Um, as any young guy in the back that has a question um, or wants to ask my advice, it's not my job because I'm considered talent, but I'll help any one of those guys, or, or even a veteran for that matter. I've had a couple of nice discussions with CM Punk since he's been back. He would ask my opinion on different things. So I've got a lot of experience. That's just not my job. To be quite honest with you, even though I respect how much they uh, call them coaches with AEW and how important they are with their wisdom, um, the BJs and the Barry and the Jerry Lynns and the Dean Malenkos and the Billy Guns who are assisting this young talent on trying to figure out what to do and how much to do or dial it down a bit. Um, right now, to be honest with you, I'm kind of in limbo. Basically just being there with Brock supporting him we're at all the TVs. The fact that we're not on TV a lot of the time is, uh, you know, we're still there and he's watching and he's learning. We do these AEW dark matches and I hope the fans know how to find those. That gives these young kids some reps that they normally wouldn't get and it's in front of a TV I love, audience. <laughs> I, fucking, um, I fucking hate everyone's perspective on AEW dark. I'm just going to say it right now, right? Everyone talks about AEW dark like, oh, like... Dark's the shittest title for it because everyone just thinks you can't find this fucking thing. It's a bunch of old men who have never fucking heard of YouTube the way they fucking talk about it. I hope people know where to find it. It's like, yeah, anyone who was born in like the fucking 1990s knows where to fucking find it on, right? Why are we acting like YouTube's not a really popular medium? I'm just flicking through all these channels. I can't find Dark. What channel's it on? Um, and it just annoys because they treat it like such a lower tier show and it's like you know like this is kind of the future of wrestling for me like it's gonna end up being like this is why Fight TV is popular it's an internet medium you know yeah. you, you're not looking down on a wrestling promotion that's <clears> on Fight TV <clears throat> no it's not all about the network you know what I mean and uh, it just makes me laugh <clears throat> like, like that like, I think it's on YouTube so it's obviously shit it's like yeah okay yeah, it it does kind of come across as a bit of a shot, to be fair. Which obviously, you know, uh, good old Glock, Glock, yeah, armed Anderson, as as he's known. But um, he has got a little bit of a point in in one way, though. I think obviously it's probably more difficult to, by happenstance, stumble upon an episode of AW Dark on YouTube than it would be if it was on a TV show and you're flicking through and you were like, "Oh, there's some wrestling on. I'll watch it." So maybe he's coming out from that mindset. How many though? How many people these days don't really watch wrestling and happen across it and go, oh, I might watch some wrestling? The people tuning in are fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Especially for AEW. WWE probably gets a lot more casuals than AEW does, but they're usually wrestling fans. Like He's talking about a very small fraction of people who are like, oh, I don't know, I was just flipping through and I found it. it looked pretty good. That Brock <laughs> Anderson guy, super talented. 
<laughs> yeah, it's definitely you know it's definitely a minority. I would say, especially with um, the amount of cord cutters and stuff, and just less people watching cable in general. Anyway, if it was on TV, but I don't know. I think you will get people who just flick through, and then even if it's just to find something for the background, they're like, "Oh, I'll just stick the rest of on while I'm doing something else, or while I'm on my phone," and then they just buy, you know, just happen to see something. But yeah, it's it's a it's not a weird take from Arn, but it's an interesting one. The fact that he's like, well, technically, I'm not I'm not signed as a coach, I'm signed as talent, so. I'm just kind of in limbo, just managing, you know, my son. And it's like, well, he is a really good man for the business, on. So you have to wonder why they haven't got him as some kind of coach or um, agent capacity within the company. Um, mm. But yeah, strange that he, he kind of finds himself in limbo now um, because he's still there with, obviously, with I mean, Brock, isn't he? So. It's, for me, though, I think um, this is a little bit of a hint, isn't it? He wants to be a coach. And um, honestly... Like Tony should sign him as one of his not already. It's a bit yeah. of a weird situation, isn't it? To be in there as a coach unless Cody leaves. Mm. Like he's more valuable as a coach than he is in on screen talent. So for me it's like there's a natural progression there. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Do it, Tony. Do the right thing. Do it, Tony. So yeah, um life without Cody Rhodes is uh it's not good for Arn. Indeed. It might even cost AEW an arm. <laughs> ah, good one. Um, so yeah, that was the news this week. Bit of a um, bit of a mixed bag in the. There wasn't a. You know, I don't want to shit on any of the news that we did talk about, but I wouldn't say there was a, like we have some weeks and we're just like, there's so much going on. But like, yeah, there was some there was some stuff. We managed to scrape together nine things to talk about. Basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Great. Um, now, like, it wasn't like the most. Um, so, like honestly, both like I'm because I uh, was scouring for the news, you know, seeing what there was out there. Eighty percent of it, Cody Rhodes returns to WWE. And it's like, well, we all know that. We like, saw that. It's not really every easy, segment's going to mention that. So there's no point mentioning it in the fucking news, is there? So um, you know, it's one of them weeks. A bit quieter than others, but there's still loads of shit going on. There's always shit going on. <laughs> there's always shit going down. Um, speaking of shit going down, for the love of wrestling, too, is going down in just. Around about two weeks' time, we're going to be there meeting some absolute legends of the wrestling biz. Um, so here's a little... So, uh, legends in the social media game. Yeah, lads. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, yeah, so check out this little uh, little teaser of what, what they've got in store at For the Love of Wrestling. And, uh, yeah, we will catch you on the flippy flips. Flip flops. For Love of Wrestling, Europe's largest wrestling convention, returns to the Exhibition Centre in Liverpool on the 23rd and 24th of April. Guests this year include Diva of the Decade, Trish Stratus, the wrestling god, JBL, the Dudley Boys, Tori Wilson, and just announced MJF from AEW. We will also be doing a Wyatt family reunion as we welcome Eric Rowan, the man formerly known as Braun Strowman, and indeed, the fiend, Bray Wyatt. Also just announced is the man, the legend, the icon, Sting. And of course, your Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. This and many, many, many more guests, as well as prop builds, Q&As with all of the wrestlers, and some of the biggest wrestling collections in the world on display from our exhibitors. Get your tickets at Wrestling. 
www.facebook.co.uk or search Facebook or Twitter for For the Love of Wrestling. For the Love of Wrestling, Europe's biggest wrestling convention returns to Liverpool the 23rd and the 24th of April. Hey guys, it's Georgia Smith here and you've heard me on A to the K. These guys are awesome. Check it out. A to the K. 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 A